DW. We all face racism in many different ways, and we just wanted to show that, hey, this happens to us in our job in this specific way also, but also let's have a way to find community in the fact that we enjoy this type of uh, job and this type of recreation. You became a wildlife biologist. You are a wildlife biologist. So clearly being outdoors is a very important part of your life. If you're comfortable sharing, have you experienced racism in the outdoors and has it ever impacted your field work? I definitely have. Um, I've been one of those unfortunate people who has to have the cops called on them. It was, I think, like the first job at an undergrad, too. So I was like especially really like scared when the cops showed up while I was like setting up game cameras. I was trying to find bobcats. And in order to do that, I had to set up these motion sensor detecting cameras on trees and just like in urban areas. So I was just like walking around, setting up cameras, testing out the cameras. Okay, going to go set set up the next camera. In one of these areas, someone, I don't know who it was, but someone called the cops on me and the cops showed up and I had to, I was just, I remember just shaking and like my voice was shaking, my body was shaking. Like I was almost in tears. It was just nerve wracking because it was also after um, Trayvon Martin was um, murdered. So I was just having those thoughts run through my mind. It was just like, oh my gosh, it was, it was terrifying. But that's one that stands out to me. There's been others that have also happened, uh, less on the harmful side, because people like microaggressions, like you can tell when people are not asking, how did you get into this the same way they ask a white person how they got into this? I think people feel entitled that, that this is their space. Outsiders are not necessarily welcome. And if they deem you as an outsider, they're going to pester you with questions until they feel uh, that you are acceptable to occupy that same space as them. What constraints do you feel as a person of color in the outdoors? And are there precautions you take to stay safe in the outdoors? Yes. Typically, usually when it's around like my binoculars or even like the gear that I carry, sometimes it's like a weird shaped object or, you know, maybe someone might perceive it as some sort of weapon and it's not, especially like the shape of like my receivers that I use to uh, find the birds that are radio transmitted. The equipment that I use just looks weird. And if you're unfamiliar with, you know, who I am, but also unfamiliar with the equipment I have, that might be perceived as a threat to somebody. So I'm extra cautious and I'm always like super bubbly and like always like, oh, do you have questions? Like trying to be like extra open so that I'm not seen as as something to be fearful of. And I also do research about the places before I go bird watch them. When I was moving from Massachusetts to back to Texas. It was migration season and I really badly wanted to stop somewhere in the south to go birding, but I was also like very hesitant like, "Ooh, I don't know what the city entails. Like, what if there is a clan? Like, what if there's um, like a racist group of people who might see me and confront me? I don't want that to happen. It just is not a pleasant experience." What can all of us, but especially white people like myself, do to help make the outdoors more inclusive and welcoming to everyone? Are there some things in particular you see that need to change? Yeah, I mean, a smile always goes a long way. If you see somebody on a trail and maybe you are that person who wants to like talk and stuff, just ask like, hey, have you seen anything cool? And that usually leads into like a a mutual nerding out about some cool things you've seen. And if you're in a position of power, then also like help out other people who may not get the shine that they have, pass on opportunities, work on collaborations together. I've seen that happening more lately, and it's it's life-changing. So keep on doing that for all kinds of people on all kinds of uh, backgrounds. Two things that really stuck out to me about all of the great social media content for Black Birders Week was 
this just aspect of joy throughout so much of it, like so many just joyful pictures and great experiences that were shared. But also, it seemed like there were a lot of conversations that were being had. So I was just interested what the response has been to Black Birders Week overall. And were you surprised by any of it? Uh, yeah, I was definitely surprised by the response. Like we went worldwide with our reach. And I I really didn't think that was going to happen. We went into this just like, oh, we're going to make a hashtag. Cool. People make hashtags all the time. And then suddenly it picks up all the steam and like folks want to make collaborations with us. And it's just like, oh, wow, we had no idea this type of power would be formed by the form of protest, but also the, the sharing in Black joy. Like we love being outdoors. We just want people to not do racist acts towards us, or we want people to be more inclusive to the outdoors and be more mindful of how their actions can probably deter a lot of people from enjoying enjoying stuff. What sort of change do you hope to see with this movement? And what do you hope to see with Black Birders Week next year and in the years to come? For change, I just want to see... I'm rooting for everybody who's Black. Like I want everybody who's Black to just to start winning more. And I think you know, that kind of comes, that kind of ties back into, you know, how can white people or just non-black people help, help black people in these spaces. I want that to happen, but like on a global scale for everybody, I want more people to uh, find the local organizations in their communities and help those organizations out. Hopes for next year. I hope we don't have to be in, started off because of a racist experience that we all kind of relate to. I hope we can all just like have a joyous week while also bringing awareness, but not necessarily, you know, attached to the kind of trauma experience that we had with Christian Cooper and Amy Cooper in Central Park. So yeah, more, more black joy and more stories. I just, I just want to hear more stories from people all over the place. I am admittedly not a birder, but being in lockdown, I've been spending a lot more time on my balcony and have mm-hmm. noticed the birds a lot more. And also with the traffic being down, I can actually hear them a lot more, like mm-hmm. sometimes annoyingly early in the morning. But anyway, <laughs> I was just wondering if you have any tips for someone who's just kind of starting to notice specific birds, but maybe not know what they are, but maybe doesn't consider themselves a birder yet. Yeah, just slowing down, that's a great place to start right there. Just slowing down and listening. It is totally okay to not know what it is. But yeah, start there. And if you're able to tell the difference between, oh, that's one bird calling, or hey, that's the other bird calling, that's a, another great step. So because of lockdown, like I've been with my family a lot more. Like, so all of us got to live together for the past few months. And they got to see like the Black Birders Week happen live. Before that, it's been years of me trying to get them like out bird watching and stuff. So seeing them transform literally from not birders to birders in the last like two months that I've been in lockdown with them has been just a spectacular experience. Like my mom's like, there's a painted bunning. Oh my gosh. And she just fangirls for the bird every single time she sees it. And I couldn't ask for anything more. DW. 